Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We are so glad to be with you all this afternoon. And I just want to make sure that, um, you know, I was just thinking about this, Jim. We don't have our little stickers yet that we voted. Because we haven't voted. I know, but I can't wait till I get my sticker. I've just been thinking about that. Let's just get a shirt that says, I voted. I voted. That's right. We're going to put it on our face mask. Okay. Okay. (laughs) How do you want people to connect with us today? I want to remind you that we are growing our YouTube channel. This is an opportunity for you to... um, One thing you could do on our YouTube channel, if you subscribe and get the notifications, is every morning during the week, we are actually releasing a one-minute video to help you start your workday. So go to I Work For Him on YouTube and subscribe and choose the notifications. We'd love to see you every morning. Every morning, it's great. We've been producing these fantastic videos. Wait till you hear the ones we produce for the week of the election. So very excited. It really takes a lot of faith to put those out there ahead of the time. Fantastic. All right, listen, we're about 10 days from the election. Tensions are high, no matter who you are and who you... Okay, it, it's, it's almost 10 days. It doesn't matter who you are or who you're voting for. As a Jesus follower, how should we feel about the voting process? What should shape our thinking? And really, how does this impact us as we follow Jesus in our work? How can we bring peace and healing in an environment that is so toxic and hurtful? This whole political season has been vitriolic, to say the least. Tony Dale joins us today from Sidera Health and the Karis Group out of Austin, Texas. He's got a unique perspective. Tony didn't grow up in the United States. He grew up a citizen of the British Empire, but on the mission field in Asia. He immigrated to the United States in the 1980s, so this isn't his first voting rodeo. Let's hear what Tony has to say about Christians in the voting process. Tony, thanks for being back with us here on I Work For Him. Jim, it's an absolute delight to be back with you and Martha and uh, looking forward to our conversation today, uh, a most interesting subject area. It is. Okay, so Tony, growing up as a UK citizen, did you have a right to vote? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, I I grew up and spent most of my really young years uh, up until the age of 17. Most of that time was in in Taiwan where my parents were missionaries. Uh, But when I went back to England uh, as uh, you know, a young medical student, uh, I absolutely had the right to vote. Um, I, I don't even know what the British voting age is. I'm not sure if it's 18 or, or maybe 21 like it is here in the States, I think. Uh, but I, uh, you know, once I arrived back in England, I, I certainly uh, uh, took up that opportunity to vote. And it is 18 here in the States, all across the country, 21 to drink, but you can vote uh-huh. at 18. <laughs> so how is voting in the UK different than voting in the United States. How is, how is that life different? Because you're looking at two completely different, I mean, the founders of our country, they all grew up in the UK and they said, we don't want to reproduce what's going on there. We want to do something different. So how is it different? Well, uh, of course, your founders were looking at the UK back uh, 250 okay. years yes. ago. Okay. Yes. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, in, in, in those days, uh, we, we still had a king who had a lot of authority, uh, but Britain has evolved over a very long period of time into what's known as a constitutional monarchy. Uh, so it, actually, uh, I, I think it was A.W. Tozer 
who described uh, Jesus's position in the church as roughly akin to the position of the British king or queen uh, in Britain. Name, namely, they are, they are king in name only, but they have no authority. Uh, I, I guess A.W. Tozer was uh, rather scathing about what he felt about the lordship of Jesus Christ as practiced in most churches. Uh, Britain, of course, by the time I got there in the 60s, uh, had a long and strong heritage of, uh, of being a strong uh, democracy. Uh, and uh, we have a slightly different system of government. We don't have the same uh, three uh, elements of government that you do, you know, the legislator, the, uh, the, um, uh, the courts, uh, and the presidency, this sort of three-legged stool, which uh, sort of keep each other in check. Uh, but uh, essentially, at least to, to the vast majority of Americans, I think the British system and the American system uh, would look and feel very similar in terms of the voting. Hmm. So tell us about, you know, I think it's interesting for people when they hear um, other people that have come from other countries. When you and Felicity came to the United States, then did you choose to be citizens? And if so, did you do it right away? Or what, what did that feel like for you guys? Um, well, no, for most immigrants, when they come, uh, they can't make that choice right away. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were still traveling extensively, doing uh, all sorts of things. Uh, it took us uh, two years before our green cards came through. So, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we weren't even, as it were, uh, permanent residents until that came through. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... Uh, you know, you can live as a permanent resident, but without the right to vote uh, with a green card. Uh, and so we, we did live that way for a long time. We uh, maintained our British citizenship. Uh, but it got to a place where we really began feeling more American than British. Uh, you know, there's sort of that part of you because you've been brought up in, in one culture that, uh, you know, you don't want to let that go. But you also love your new culture. We came here voluntarily. We had gone through, you know, everything that was necessary to become legal residents. Uh, and so finally, it, it took a long time, but finally, uh, 20 years in, we said, you know, really, it's really important for us that we identify with our country of choice, mm -hmm. uh, which is the United States. So we moved from the green card uh, into full formal citizenship. Uh, which we've now uh, had proudly for, uh, I guess, uh, 10 plus years, maybe 13 years, something like that. So, and, and I think that that's the perspective that I really want to make sure we got out today on in the show is that it is a privilege. It's a proud privilege for citizens of the United States of America to be able to choose their elected representatives, whether it's the president or people in the House and the Senate on a national basis or in their local their local state governments, local community governments, local county governments, right. even the mayor of their local city, that we've got a right to choose our leaders. And it is a privilege. It's not a... It, 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 some people look at it like, well, Christians shouldn't be involved in the vote. How, how do you feel about that? How do you think your your Christianity should be influencing your vote? Should Christians be involved in the vote? Uh, well, personally, I feel that it's absolutely essential that Christians are involved. Um, I, I hate hearing people who complain uh, who aren't willing to do anything about it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the ways that we do something about things that we may not like about any given society is we get engaged. Uh, in other words, I want to be part of the answer. I, I don't want to just describe the problem. 
so yes, I think it's very important Christians vote. I actually love the way that uh, Australia handles this in issue where uh, they take democracy so seriously, I believe it's a requirement that you vote. You can't just uh -huh. opt out. Now, you can go in and vote for Donald Duck, I guess, or whatever. You can register your protest if you want to uh, in that way, but you do need to take part in the process. Mm. I think Christians should absolutely view uh, that when we're given a privilege of living in a free society, uh, the way we keep that free is by actually actively working within the structure that we have. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more with Tony Dale. Hats off to Mrs. Connie Johnson, my eighth grade English grammar teacher. She taught me how to write sentences so that I could one day write a blog. In fact, every week I write a blog from what my father has laid on my heart. It's always short and to the point, and I hope impactful for you just like it is impactful for me. We include it in our weekly email that also includes all the shows that we release on podcast that week. So it's kind of like a bonus email, blog and podcast links. Awesome. Iworkforhim.com. Click on blog. All right. Now we're back with Tony Dale. All right, Tony, love the conversation about how should Christians feel about voting. But here's the deal. So we're a workplace radio program, a workplace program voting and talking about politics has become really it's like almost taboo you know it used to be when you got together with family you never talked about religion or politics well really you really can't talk about politics today it's easier you can talk about jesus easier in the office today than you can about politics but how should a christian and we're just talking about getting people involved in the vote please go out and vote how should a christian handle that stance in a workplace environment in a healthy fashion well, that's a, a really important question. Uh, and I, th I think, first of all, we want to make sure we're creating an environment where we're actually encouraging the maturity that comes from learning how to disagree uh, in a friendly and cooperative way. Uh, you know, I have a family. I have four kids. I have, you know, 11 grandkids. I yeah, it's even some of the grandkids can vote now. So, uh, you know, in, in, in that sort of group of people, uh, we all love each other, uh, but it's a context into which one begins to learn how to handle differences maturely. Uh, so most assuredly, I don't think this means that we don't talk about things uh, within the public context. I think we do. Uh, but there are absolutely ways that this can be handled uh, appropriately. So, for example, Jesus said, do unto others as you want to be done unto yourself. Uh, well, if I'm going to share something and want others to listen to me, then surely, first of all, I need to be more than willing to listen to them. Uh, and, you know, in, in the sort of ordinary power structures of relationship, you know, mom and dad, as it were, have a bit more authority than the kids until the kids grow up. Uh, and... It's a little bit like that in the workplace that, you know, as a founder CEO, I have to recognize, well, I'm not CEO anymore. The, they long ago booted me out to where I couldn't do any damage just as chairman of the board. Uh, but, you know, I, I have to recognize if I make a suggestion to a lot of people, it sounds like an order. Right. Uh, and I don't want it to sound like an order. Now, I do want to be free to make suggestions. I don't want to be silenced, but I need to be aware of just how relationships work uh, and the importance that uh, I'm seen to be a listener 
rather than this is, uh, you know, my opinion is something I'm trying to foist on everybody else. So I want to go, you know, so let's talk about that a little bit more in the context of your organization. So Sidera Health and Karis, and the Karis Group, how do you create an environment then where people have the, I don't know, the, the freedom and the the safety to know that they can have a conversation without being attacked or whatever those fears might be that they're holding inside? Well, one of the things we've done within Sidera uh, is that every month, uh, we have a time uh, that's for all employees, and typically the vast majority are able to make it. Um, uh, obviously, in this COVID era, it's been virtual, uh, which we call Tacos with Tony. Uh, and it's part of a, a broader sort of framework of saying within our company, it's really important that our culture represents who we are. Uh, and, you know, we have certain values, uh, you know, we're intentionally not status quo, you know, love is right at the uh, center of all that we do. I mean, various things that uh, we want people to really live and experience. So if you're going to experience that in some of the more difficult areas, you better be very open and actually cultivating that sort of culture in the ordinary every day of what's gone on in a company. If what people have picked up as the culture of the company is, hey, make sure you don't cross those who are on the leadership team, mm. uh, then it doesn't matter what you try to do in an important area like this. You've already lost the battle because people aren't probably going to be listening to you. That's right. Uh, so I think it's the ongoing culture that shapes this. So ta- tacos with Tony. Is it on Tuesday? Uh, it is. Uh, usually is on a Tuesday. So it's Taco <laughs> Tuesday with Tony. So so let, let me dig into that just for a little bit. Okay, dig a little. Um, is so there a little guacamole an, with that as chip? As an employee, what what does that look like, Tacos with Tony? What do, What is that helping me in my culture of the organization? Um, what is it doing? What is it? How is it setting a framework? Okay, it's deliberately structured in such a way Uh, that it's as conversational as possible. Well, how do you have a conversation, you know, with maybe 75 of your closest friends who've turned up, so to speak, uh, all at once, especially virtually? Uh, So, you know, when we did this face-to-face, I I would uh, usually raise questions. I'd uh, I'd help uh, identify some principles that were important to us. Uh, uh, Often, uh, I I would be uh, very open about Uh, the way that uh, the Bible, for example, has shaped my thinking, uh, but would talk about it in the context that actually these principles are also talked about by all sorts of other people who who shape it not from a biblical framework, but from the practical outworking framework, and and that we arrive at the same conclusions. Uh, And from my end, that's probably because I believe uh, that actually Scripture has had a huge impact in the West. Well, so talk about the biblical perspective on voting. How, what does the Bible have to say about us voting? But before you answer that question, we're talking today with Tony Health. Tony, Tony Health. How about Tony Dale? They have those lips that that rental contract just ran out. Tony Dale from Sidera Health. You can check him out online, S-E-D-E-R-A.com, Sidera.com. I'd love for you, if you run an organization, have influence over an organization, if you're a board of directors of an organization and you're looking for a different solution to provide benefits, healthcare benefits for your people, people check out sidera it's 
life changing. It will change and in, just incrementally change your organization in a positive fashion. Sedera.com. All right, we're back with Tony Health Dale. <laughs> you have uh, a new name. All right, Tony Health. Tony <laughs> Health Tacos Dale. with Tony. Taco, tacos with Tony Healthy. Dale. I love that. Okay. Tony, I know that you've got a perspective on this. What do you, what does the Bible say to Christ followers who are out there going, should I be involved in this process? Should I be involved in politics? Should I be involved in voting? Aren't we supposed to separate ourselves from the world? What's the Bible got to say about all this? Well, the Bible does tell us to love, not the world. But I, I think if, uh, you know, if any of your listeners are Watchman Nee fans, he uh, described very well there uh, that that reference to the world is the world system. Uh, but God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, and, you know, we are called to love the world. We live in a world that will be transformed because essentially we're, we're the hands and feet and mouthpiece of, uh, of Jesus for most people in terms of what they're going to see right now. So I think it's essential that we're involved. Uh, and, you know, that shows itself in all sorts of ways. You know, for myself, I blog. Uh, I blog at TonyDale.com and I uh, say to people, you know, I think it's important that we're open about what we believe, but that we're open in a rational and conversational way, not strident like most of the uh, sort of public discourse seems to be today, but instead that we're actively encouraging this communication, this listening, this growing in maturity. So let's talk to the listeners that are leaning in right now and wondering, you know, what is it supposed to look like for me as a Jesus follower as we go into election week? What are some things that you can just share or encourage them um, with how they how they act? Well, you, you know, uh, just uh, recently I've, I've done a blog. I'm not even sure if I've posted it yet uh, on, uh, well, who are you going to vote for? Uh, and, you know, for me, uh, when, when people ask me that question, I feel like they're almost asking the wrong question. Uh, you know, if you're asking me, how do I choose between uh, Joe Biden and President Trump? Um, you know, there, there are all sorts of difficult questions to answer there of the people for a Christian. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not voting for the person. I'm voting for what they're doing. Uh, I'm voting for the actions, and actions speak louder than words. Even when sometimes you don't like the words, you may find that the actions are important. You know, uh, I, 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 I look at something, I was praying about this just the other day, which is what led to my blog, and I was saying, Lord, how do I communicate what I think? And I, I felt like the Lord took me into the book of Daniel, and I was looking at Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and here's this emperor of the most powerful empire on earth, and he's God's spokesperson, spokesperson for the time. And Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, there are some serious tensions here. You know, the, Daniel in the lion's den was not some nice sort of puppy story. Yeah. Okay, but it was God's way of providing a context into which, let's call it the Christian voice, at least in that context, God's voice, could come into society uh, and I believe we could then look at how uh, what Daniel said and did shaped society. All right. So, but let's let's talk as we close out the show. Let's talk about specifically our behavior election week, regardless of which way the vote goes. As Jesus followers, we're the ones that are supposed to be bringing healing to the culture. What are some things that you expect to see out of the believers that work for you 
underneath you at the board of directors because I know you're the founder of both the Karis Group and Sidera Health. How do you expect, what kind of behavior do you expect out of them? Because it's going to be a trying week one way or the other. Well, I hope I've been able to model the, the type of behavior that I expect. I, I think we need to be passionate, engaged, involved individuals. Uh, but that implies that we are able to give a clear defense of what we say and what we believe. We're not out there stirring trouble. What we're doing is we're, we're engaging in discourse that leads people towards greater maturity and greater appreciation of the powerful fact that America has been an amazing beacon of light. Mm. Uh, and out of that light has come the freedom for America and Americans to share the gospel with the world. And we need more of that. That's why scripture teaches us to pray for and I would suggest vote for our leaders. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. And, and yeah, I, we learned a statistic a couple of weeks ago that because America's been the sole world power for the last 30 years, a billion, the gospel's exploded around the globe. A billion people have come to follow Christ in the last 28 years. It's been amazing. Tony Dale, thanks for your unique perspective. We're out of time, but I, I love the idea that as Christians, we definitely need to be voting, but we also need to be demonstrating in our behavior and our conversations who Jesus is in us and not to let the politics dictate our, our attitude or actions, but to let Jesus dictate that. But thank you, Tony mm. Dale, for giving us that perspective. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be with you. And, and as Tony said on his blog, Tony, how often do you blog? Oh, periodically. <laughs> all right. So sub- about once a week. All right, subscribe to Tony's blog, TonyDale.com, TonyDale.com. I didn't even know that till today. So you're finding out at the same time we are. But again, if you have an organization that needs a different solution for your health care for your people, check out Sidera.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers in our workplace. It's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number number four, him.com.